1: God still desires to, again, interact with humanity, literally save us from ourselves and save us into eternity. I guarantee you that there's going to be times when you will not have the answers to man's questions, but that's not the fault of the Word of God, nor is it the fault of the plan or the kingdom of God. Beloved, the truth of the proverb continues to remain that that a foolish man can ask more questions in one hour than a wise man can answer in seven days. It's just going to come. And we can either get stuck up in all the questions and all the distractions, or we can go back to what we know. Are you afraid
0: to share your faith with others because you fear the questions they might ask? In today's message from Pastor David, he encourages us to share boldly with others what we do know about the gospel and not to worry about what we don't know. Questions will always come, but it's important that we share boldly the love God has for humanity. God desires to save humanity from themselves so they can be saved into eternity. Boldly share the gift of Christ with someone you know this week. Now here's Pastor David with part two of his message, Stir Up, Be Bold, Hold Fast.
1: how in the world can I be apathetic? How in the world can I be indifferent to a world that is around me that is perishing? If we have the Spirit of God that's living within us, the heart of God within us compels us to live our lives in compassion and caring for a lost and dying world. Again, back in the Old Testament, Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 11, the Lord says, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. And he says again, turn, turn from your evil ways. You see, God has a compassion for the lost. You and I need to have a compassion for the lost. Very familiar word. We, we, we could all probably quote it here this morning. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. The world. The world. God loved the world so much that he gave his son, his only begotten son, that whoever, why? Because God's compassion was for the world. God's compassion was for lost humanity. He sent his son in order that humanity could call upon him. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus speaking, he tells his disciples, you need to understand that the harvest truly is is plentiful. Problem is, is the the laborers are few. Therefore, you need to pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send out laborers into his harvest. Why? Because he said, in essence, what he is saying there is that the world around us is lost, but there's not enough people sharing the hope of the gospel. Continue to pray to the Lord that he would raise up his children to declare the hope of the gospel to a lost and dying world around us. Paul, as he writes to Timothy, not in Second Timothy, but back in First Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, he says that our God desires that some men should be saved. That's not what it says. He says, our God desires that all men be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. I love my Calvinist brothers, but when I look at the word and it says that God desires all men to be saved, I don't see any barriers there. I don't see any limitations there. God's heart is big enough that he desires all men to be saved. That's why he sent Christ. Peter, as he writes to the church in 2 Peter 3, verse 9, he says you need to understand punishment is coming. Uh, Punishment for those that have rejected Christ is coming. But you also need to understand that God's not slack." concerning that promise of the coming judgment, just because it hasn't happened yet. The reason it has not happened yet is because our God is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Guys, I, I share those verses with you in order that you and I might fully understand God has that kind of heart for the lost that are around us. We need that kind of heart. God, give us that heart. God, give me that heart that I look at people and I see there someone who is outside of the household of faith, someone who has eternity before them, a Christless eternity before them. And unless they come to a saving knowledge of Christ, they are forever, forever in hell as a child of God. We're called to walk in obedience to the Holy Spirit's call and to his leading and to his commands. And we're supposed to do that without confusion, without doubt. We're supposed to do that in a disciplined manner. When when Paul says here, he says, we should have that that sound mind. Again, God gives us that sound mind. And again, it's a word that can be simply uh, translated or understood as as discipline. But with that comes a deeper meaning. It means a, a rationality without illusion. A rationality without illusion. In other words, I see the world around me. I understand what's going on. I see the hearts of men that have turned their, their heads away from God. And I, and, I, and I fully understand that. I can walk with rationality and understanding, but at the same time, I need to be willing to share the hope of the gospel. It says that same kind of rationality, uh, there is discretion within our lives. The word of God says, man, we don't cast our pearls before swine. I understand that. There are some that will reject the hope of the gospel, but I can't tell that by looking at the outside of a man and neither can you. Guy comes, man, you you see, man, his his life is so messed up and he's just totally a different personality, totally a different lifestyle than I am. I said, well, surely they're not gonna, no, they would never come to Christ. Do I love them enough to share with them the hope of the gospel? Because that individual might be the one that man catches fire and brings a multitude of others. When all these Issues are taken into consideration that, 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 again, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And you know what? That, that's when you and I, we can begin to walk boldly as believers, unashamed of the message of the gospel of God, as Paul says in Romans, and as he says here in Second Timothy. That's when we can know that our God is leading and he's directing us for his good purposes and the fulfillment of his plan. We need to be stirred up within our walk in Christ. And then we need to be bold. Stirred up and then to be bold. Paul now reminds Timothy, in essence, now that you've stirred up your faith, there's gotta be a boldness to that faith. Look what he says in verse eight. He says, "'Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which has given to us in Christ Jesus before time began.'" But has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher to the Gentiles. This is a powerful charge to Timothy. There's a whole lot in there that we're not going to cover this morning. Primary thing is, Paul here is telling Timothy, Timothy, don't be ashamed of the gospel. Timothy, don't be ashamed of my chains. Timothy, you need to understand you've gotta be willing to share in that idea of suffering, willing to suffer for your faith. And then that fullness of understanding, he wraps it all according to the power of God. And whenever the enemy of our souls brings on any attack against the word of God or the message of the gospel. He's really quick. One of the first things he attacks is our pride. He will come to us in our pride. We wanna share the word of Christ to a friend and to a neighbor, to someone, and the enemy comes back and says, really? Do, do Do you honestly believe all the Bible? I mean, hasn't hasn't a lot of it been just rewritten and and twisted around? you, You don't really believe all of the Bible, do you? Do you realize that is a line straight out of the garden? Has God really said? You see, that's the same attack on the word that's coming today. Well, you can't trust the Bible. That's not really what God said, is it? The enemy comes and says, why, with all the scientific advances, all the archaeological findings, how can you still stand in your Christianity? Why, we know that man through the ages has believed in in various and assorted myths and gods, and, man, that's just the reality of, of different cultures, and you're just walking in this Christianity thing without the fullness of the understanding that Christianity has sustained every attack of the enemy not only Christianity sustaining it for 2,000 years, but even the message of the Old Testament, the word of the Old Testament, the writings of the prophets, the declarations of the prophets for another 1,000 or 1,500 years prior to that, that the word of God remains true. Let every other man be a liar. When we see discoveries like the Dead Sea Scrolls, that suddenly, man, no, the Bible hasn't changed hardly at all, and yet man because the enemy is pushing through him, will push, again, the validity of the word. Oh, but how about this one? How can there really be a God in heaven when we see events like Hurricane Harvey and Irma when, when we see things like the fires up in the Pacific Northwest, when we realize, man, oh, the, the amount of world hunger, when we see war and the rumors of war and the, the, the soon coming war with, with crazy men like North Korea. and What about all the diseases that are killing and, and, and events like young children dying before their time, good and righteous men and women contacting diseases and dying long before? How can there really be a God in heaven, who cares about this world when we see all of these things? the only answer we can really give them at that point in time is, this is not the world that God created. When sin entered into the garden, everything changed. But in the midst of that, God still calls lost humanity to himself. You, you need to understand, sometimes we don't have the answers to men's questions. And then we start to move again towards shame rather than standing firm in what we do know. Beloved, we need to be bold. We, we can, it, it's okay to say, you know what? I, I don't understand that myself. But this one thing I do understand that in the midst of all of the wickedness of the world, God's love for the world was so much that he sent his son to be a sacrifice for the sin of mankind. So in the midst of all of our failures as humanity, God still desires to, again, interact with humanity, to literally save us from ourselves and save us into eternity. I guarantee you that there's going to be times when you will not have the answers to man's questions. But that's not the fault of the Word of God, nor is it the fault of the plan or the kingdom of God. Beloved, the truth of the proverb continues to remain that a foolish man can ask more questions in one hour than a wise man can answer in seven days. It's just gonna come. And we can either get stuck up in all the questions and all the distractions, or we can go back to what we know. Paul encouraged Timothy, don't be ashamed of the gospel and neither be ashamed of me, his prisoner." Now understand, whose prisoner was the apostle Paul? Well, he's in a Roman jail. He's got Roman chains. Certainly he's a prisoner of Rome. That's not the way that Paul looked at it. Paul said, no, no, I'm not Rome's prisoner. I'm God's prisoner. I surrendered myself to him years and years ago. And whatever the situation I'm in, this one thing I know, that God in his sovereignty over all of his universe has allowed me to be in this place. I'm his prisoner and I'm fully under his watch care and, and covering even in the midst of that. And even if the time comes that my life is taken from me, I can say even with Job, blessed be the name of the Lord because I'm in his care. That's a difficult thing to say, guys. I'm not just spouting out platitudes to you, you know, and, and stuff that says, hey, yeah, just, that's just the way. You be. That's a difficult place to be, and it does not come overnight. That comes by continually trusting him and continually growing in our knowledge of the greatness of who he is, the might and the magnitude and the power of Almighty God. If he is not that powerful, then the situations that we find ourselves in, they're strictly under our control, and yet that's not the truth. In essence, what he's telling Timothy, don't ever be ashamed of what the Lord might lead you through or what he has led me through. Look at verse 12 as we move on. He says, for this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed because I know who I've believed. And I am fully persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. You see, he is fully submitted, fully committed to the Lord in his life, whatever comes. That's why Timothy and every believer should be willing to share in the sufferings of the gospel. As we walk in a fully surrendered life, beloved, you need to understand, as we walk in a fully surrendered life, you will face persecution. That's why he tells Timothy a little bit later in chapter 3. He says, yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Now, some of you guys are of the generation where they had the little uh, promises of God in the little, sometimes it was a little bread loaf, a little plastic bread loaf that you would have on a cabinet or a table and every morning you'd open that up and read a nice little promise of God. I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. You are the apple of my eye, you know, my love is upon you, I will strengthen you, you know, my power is, all these things that just really encourage. I never saw that verse in the promises, but that is a promise of God that all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. That's why we can't be surprised or taken back when the world comes against the message of the cross. That's why we're seeing it more and more often today, man, attacks against anyone and everyone who names the name of Christ. You want to be a political appointee? Well, if you're a Christian, no need to apply. These continuing lawsuits against Christian businesses that that simply desire to manage their business according to the principles of their faith. Liberal courts all around us and systems of higher education coming against Christian students and parents that desire to raise up their children with biblical directives and understanding. This continual rise in the complaints nationwide against the motto, in God we trust. Don't dare use a cross as a, a monument or a memorial of anyone because that's so offensive to me. We need to take down all of these crosses. Don't you dare try to erect a nativity scene on a public lands and particularly any kind of a government installation. And on and on it goes. Guys, when we look at the reality of what the world is coming to, we realize that we as <coughs> one nation under God, we've run away from the God that's blessed us beyond measure. And so we as a people, as a nation, we've lost our center, we've lost our moral compass, and we're witnessing within this nation this continued and growing lawlessness, rejection of authority. Beloved, we as a nation, we are teetering on the very edge of economic and social collapse, That's why now more than ever, we as believers, we need to be bold in our faith to not be ashamed of the gospel and the testimony of the Lord. We need to stir up the gift of God within our lives. Be bold in our witness to the Lord and of the Lord. And we need to hold fast when the attack comes. In the midst of the trial, Paul says in verse 13, Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you've heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. When the trials, when the conflicts, when the persecutions come, every portion of your faith is gonna be put to test. If you don't have a solid grasp on the word of God in your life, you're gonna be tossed to and fro. You're gonna be carried about by every wind of doctrine and the trickery of man and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. That's what Paul tells us in Ephesians 4. You won't be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That's Ephesians 6. Unless you're founded in, unless you're continually growing in the word of God and in sound doctrine, there's going to come a time Listen, church, there will come a time that you will fall away from the truth unless you are founded, unless you are grounded and secure in the truth. Paul tells Timothy a little bit later on in the same book, chapter four, verses three and four. He says, there's gonna come a time come when they're not gonna endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they'll heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Guys, you and I and the church are the greatest of fools if we think that that will not or could not affect us. Because the only way to keep that from affecting us Is as if we remain founded in and continually growing in that grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, growing in His Word, continually walking by faith rather than walking by sight. How about you today? Do you know Him? Are you truly growing in Him? What changes in, in, in your life even this weekend? need to be made to better prepare you for the battle that's already here. It's not that a battle is coming. No, it's already here. What about in your life? Where are you in your walk? Are you willing to stir up the gift that God has given within you for his glory, even when the use of that gift may infringe upon your personal space and time, even when using that gift may stretch you totally out of your comfort zone? Are you willing to be bold Are you willing to be unashamed of the gospel and of its message? Are you willing to live and testify of the hope that's within you? Are you able to hold firm to the truth of God's word? Do you know it well enough that you'll not be pushed aside by some sweet-sounding doctrines of destruction? Or perhaps today the question for you might be, you need to go all the way back to the very basics, Do you know that your sin is forgiven by the grace of God? Do you know and have you responded to his calls of love, that wooing of the Holy Spirit? Have you accepted his offer, the forgiveness of your sins? If you haven't figured it out yet, God doesn't promise us a rose garden. He promises us eternity with him. Jesus himself said, in this world you'll have many tribulations. Paul says, You want to live godly in Christ Jesus, you're going to go through persecutions. Our walk and our life in Christ is against the flow of this world. And, beloved, the flow of this world is coming stronger and stronger and stronger. Are you willing to stand? Are you willing to be faithful? Are you willing to still be bold in your testimony? of His truth.
0: That's all we have time for today on The Open Word. We hope today's message has touched you. Pastor David Landry will continue teaching through the book of 2 Timothy on the next edition of The Open Word. But right now, we'd like to share how you can hear more from Pastor David. Just visit TheOpenWord.com and click on Teachings to hear or download past messages. You can also get in contact with us with any questions you might have. Or let us know how we can be praying for you on your faith journey. Give us a call at 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. You can also connect with us on Facebook. We're thankful that you've listened to today's message. But we want to make sure that this isn't your only source of spiritual nurturing. We encourage you to find a church family who will help you grow in your walk with God. If you live in or are visiting the Casa Grande area, Pastor David has an invitation just for you. Hey, thanks, Chris.
1: You know, I'd like to personally invite you to join us here at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande for a time of worship, fellowship, and studying the Word of God. We meet every Sunday at 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock in the morning, as well as Wednesday evening and Saturday evening at 630 30. You can find our address and directions by visiting theopenword.com and following the links to our church page. I look forward to meeting you in person and sharing this journey of faith with you.
0: Thanks, Pastor David. That's all we have time for today. But be sure to tune in next time for more from the book of 2 Timothy, right here on The Open Word. Make us